Good morning and welcome to another episode of Intersections Art and Medicine with Lion Road Art. I'm your host Kelly McCord and this week our guest is close to home. In the spirit of holiday giving and making offices and clinics as welcoming as possible, Caitlin's husband Marty Walsh is here to talk about finding the perfect paintings for your office environment. So without further ado, let's hear from Marty. Hello Marty, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, I'm doing great. It's the weather is a lot nicer here um, than I've ever experienced in December, so I'm definitely taking advantage of it as best I can. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's nice here today. It's been mm. off and on. Yeah. Today was about 50 degrees, so that blows my mind. Went out with my winter coat and took it off while I was outside. It was nice. Yeah. Um, how is your family doing? Oh, we're doing great. Just getting ready for the the holiday season of course mm -hmm. uh caitlin does most of the christmas shopping so the holiday season prep for me is a lot less stressful but we put up christmas easy. lights this last weekend so yeah we're getting there fun that's super fun we put our christmas yeah. stuff up way early because we were like we don't have anything to do and we need a little bit of extra joy <laughs> so we yeah. threw them up even yeah, that makes before a difference. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah for sure Mm hmm. So some of our listeners may not know what you do or um, as much about you as obviously I do. So we'd love to hear a little bit about your story and your work. Yeah. So uh, I'm an oral maxillofacial surgeon, which is the full name of my specialty, which is sort of a mouthful. So oftentimes people just refer to us as oral surgeons or sometimes OMS or OMFS. But Anyway, oral surgery is one of the dental specialties, which means after dental school, you go to a continuing education residency um, for your various specialties. So oral surgery or orthodontia or endodontia, which does root canals or pedodontia, which specializes in uh, dentistry care for pediatric patients. Uh, so I did oral surgery, uh, which is usually a four or six year hospital-based residency. Um, and, uh, that's what I did. Uh, I went to dental school at Marquette University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is also where I did my undergrad. And I took uh, a health profession scholarship through the Air Force to pay for my dental school, which means they pay for dental school. Uh, and then uh, in exchange, I pay a few years back of active duty service as a dentist when I graduate from dental school. And so uh, while I was in dental school, I decided to apply to OMS residency. And so I ended up doing that through the Air Force, too. So my residency was at Travis Air Force Base in Fairfield, California. And then when I graduated from that, uh, I was stationed in uh, Omaha for four years, where I served as an oral surgeon uh, at the uh, at Offutt Air Force Base. Um, but I finished my service commitment about a year and a half ago. So I've been here in Iowa doing private practice. That's awesome. And it seems like you've really enjoyed um, every step of the way. Did you always want to do what you do now? Uh, it was, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I think uh, my dad's a dentist, so um, it was always kind of in the back of my mind and going into college, that's what I ended up uh, thinking I would do. But as far as doing oral surgery, that, that entered my mind a little bit later. Um, and, uh, you know, in dental school, I was 
I was open to being a general dentist. That's a really mm-hmm. great career. Uh, but I always had a thing for oral surgery. And so I just kept pursuing it and ended up going all the way with it. That's awesome. So yeah. um, with being with the military and now being uh, in your own practice, you have had a lot of experience with different patients that come from from different areas and different kind of clinic settings. So um, we were talking a little bit about making patients comfortable and welcoming them um, when they come in for an appointment. How important is the comfort of a patient when they come into a clinic? Yeah, I mean, it's extremely important. I think I think most providers want to sort of impress a, a sense of calm and comfort in their patient any way they can. And for us, I think that's a that's doubly important because most of what we do is surgery and procedure based. And so mm-hmm. for me, what I've noticed is, and I think everybody would agree that the more calm a patient is to start the procedure, the more smoothly the whole patient visit goes. I think. Yes. And so it's super important. Yeah. What do you do and what do, does the office that you're at do to make the patient feel more comfortable? Uh, yeah, so uh, the term that I hear that I've heard used frequently, and it was kind of a, it's kind of a buzzword now, is is the patient experience, right? Mm. And so uh, you want to take all factors and all all everything the patient is exposed to from the moment they walk in the door um, to the moment they leave um, into account to make them feel comfortable, make them feel like they had a pleasant experience. And I always feel like and maybe it's a testament to the medical or dental field patients patients just kind of assume competency by their mm-hmm. by their medical professionals right or wrong i mean I, I think most people would maybe realize that competency levels vary but if they've mm-hmm. picked a dental office or a or a doctor's office they're 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 going in assuming competency yes uh, uh, so you have to meet that standard of course but there's also uh, that's not what depends on the, if the patient's happy or not. Unfortunately, it's, it's a higher level than that. It's a higher bar. And mm-hmm. so uh, for us, you know, we, we, we obviously want to be competent and we strive for competency and excellence in, in what we do. Uh, but we also care about the patient, you know, experience from when they walk in from, it starts with our reception area. We have, you know, we impress a warm and cheery attitude upon our staff. We, we have a waiting room that's uh, full of comfortable chairs and, and nice decor. And we have a fireplace that tries to give mm-hmm. a calming mood and, and our assistants and staff, it, you know, we impress upon them being comforting to the patient, offering them blankets if they're cold. You know, sometimes we keep our treatment rooms a little bit cold, uh, uh, colder than the average room um, for various reasons. Yes. Uh, just things like that. So we actually, sometimes me and my uh, partners will talk about, you know, when patients have had the best experience, they've they've had the least amount of time with the doctor. And so, <laughs> what really what really has determined their experience and what they take away from the doctor's visit experience isn't the doctor; it's everything else. It's the mm-hmm. it's the staff, and it's how smooth everything run, and how professional every everybody seemed to be, and how everybody seemed to, to, to care and go the extra mile. And oftentimes it, it makes my life easier because then I can come in, be, be polite and be friendly and do our procedure if that, that's what they're there for, the consult and 
and sneak off. And then I know that my staff is good and we'll take care of them. Yes. And then your patients will feel comfortable no matter how many times they come in and then they'll share that experience with someone else if they're looking for for a surgeon or a dentist where they can say, oh, I definitely recommend this place. They were so kind yeah. to me. I felt very taken care of. Everybody is so smart, but also so nice. So. Right. I mean, that's the hope, right? Yes. <laughs> As a maxillofacial surgeon, what kind of paintings or decorations do you use to decorate your own office? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a, that's a tough thing to figure out what, what to decorate with. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, I think I, I don't, I definitely don't have a deep academic knowledge of fine art. So picking art for my office is, is I guess more about finding something that, you know, if I'm buying art, I want it to at least resonate with me and my experience. Yes. Uh, and I like art that is, it, you know, relates in some way to what I do or else it can seem arbitrary or a little bit out of place. But, you know, on the other hand, I'm a, surgeon and you don't want something hanging in my waiting room or consult room that's too technical or anatomically yes. precise because you know that would could and would eventually put patients off yeah you don't want to freak them out so, <laughs> so so it'd be nice to hang something that's medically related or dental related but also portrays a softness or comfort which is a really difficult line to toe mm -hmm. um another aspect uh about that is in a general dentist's office is the color palette. I, I don't think nearly mm -hmm. as much about this um, anymore as an oral surgeon, but a, uh, in general dentistry, a big, big issue is shade matching. Um, oh. And they're, they're, you know, they're picking a, a tooth color restoration or a crown and bridge. They have to decide exactly what shade to, to, to prescribe for that patient. So it looks the most lifelike and it matches the rest of the teeth. And it brings into a, a bring into focus a concept that I learned way back in dental school that I don't like. I said I don't think much about it anymore. It's called metamorism, uh, which is a is the concept that depending on the lighting of the room and depending on the um, background shades uh, while you're shade matching, some shades can look similar at one time and then look different in another with a different light mm -hmm. and a different. Uh, background so um at least in dental school uh, that, that's why i was taught you see a lot of grays and blues in, in dental treatment rooms at least um and so that's another factor you, that that needs to be taken into consideration but uh, i don't think that comes into play in, in most doctor's offices or oral surgery offices yeah that makes a lot of sense and that's something that i've never thought of before where it's like the lighting does really play a big part when you're trying to match colors especially and we talked to um lindsay mccutcheon on the last podcast episode and she was talking about making ears and other prosthetics mm. you know and sure. she talked about that too trying to match it perfectly so it blends in to the person's body and i imagine that their treatment rooms are lighted perfectly for that kind of situation yeah poor color match is a dead giveaway so it's, yeah. uh, it's there's that's part of the art and the science of dentistry and of course what she does too which is mm -hmm. aesthetics yeah. yeah so um you mentioned finding the perfect piece of art that kind of represents what you do and doesn't really freak out the patient too much by being too anatomical um but then also getting something that kind of 
fits with the space. So if you if you go into a clinic and there are paintings on the walls or the decor seems just kind of hokey, then it will express a different feeling for the patients that come in. And I know from my own experience, you can really get a feel of what the place is going to be like and what your experience is going to be like based on the way that they've decided to present themselves when you first walk in the door. So that's something that's really important. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. When you're giving gifts to colleagues during the holidays, um, what do you look for to um, really make it meaningful to them? Yeah, well, to be perfectly honest, I asked my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm not a big holiday shopper. I never have been. And, and she seems to mm-hmm. have a knack for it. And she out of it so she does most of the, the out of the shopping yeah um as far as you know in the dental world it's it's pretty common for dental offices and, and, and specialty offices especially to uh send gifts back and forth mm. um to to their referrals or to other dental offices and uh most of the time it's a it's a it's a it's a card it just says thanks for you know treating our patients well and, mm-hmm. and, and being good colleagues and uh, often comes with some sort of uh, traditional holiday gift. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time it's chocolates or, or good snacks or something. And uh, our office actually sends flowers, um, but uh, it's always fun to see what the other offices send. And if one office manages to, to think of something more creative or a little bit more uh, innovative than the other offices it always gets noticed and they always get get some style points with us so that's awesome um what are the best gifts for other oral surgeons or doctors it's a good question uh does it make me sound like an alcoholic if i say (laughs) booze no no i i i I always appreciate a nice bottle of wine or some beer that i've never tried before like of course, a nice bottle of scotch, though that'd be in a totally different price range. Mm-hmm. It's Other classy. than that, food or treats is food or treats is always appreciated. You know, that could be put to use right away and enjoyed by by more than just the surgeon. It can be enjoyed by their family or their mm-hmm. staff or something like that. So, yeah, for sure, and especially um, in in normal times, obviously not uh, in the time that we're in right now, but. If you get a good bottle of something, then you can share it with the people who are in your office or everyone can get together for drinks or something like that. And uh, it's a good community gift. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Awesome. So thank you so much, Marty, for meeting with us today. It was awesome getting to hear kind of about you, about your experience and um, just about the way that you work. I'm so happy that we got to have you on the show this week. And I look forward to having you on the show again in the future if you ever want to talk about maxillofacial surgery or anything closer uh, to what you do. Absolutely. And thanks thanks for having me. I'm happy to come back anytime. Yeah, definitely. I, I will totally reach out because, I mean, you've done so many cool things. I'd, I'd love to share it with the listeners when we can talk just about kind of your work yeah thank you yeah well thank you all right you take care okay well you guys have a merry christmas okay yes you too have a great night
If you'd like to be on the show or have questions you would like us to answer, go ahead and email us at studio at lionroadart.com or on Instagram at lionroadart. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to join me next time for our next podcast, where we'll get another look at another incredible intersection of art and medicine. If you guys have suggestions for what we should do for shows in the future or guests you'd like us to have on the show, please contact me as well. Until then, Anatomy Lovers Unite. Hey everyone, don't forget to take advantage of those Christmas sales. We have some amazing sales going on right now and we'll have more incredible ones into the season. So this is the perfect time to get prints, mugs, t-shirts, and other gifts for your art friends, your anatomy loving friends, and any doctors, nurses, or people in a medical profession that you'd love to get gifts for this season. Take advantage of those sales. You can find them at lionroadart.com and we look forward to seeing what you choose.